Welcome to Her Story Sessions. I'm Brittany, a woman on a mission to learn more about women throughout history and to share it all with you. If you like this show, be sure to follow me. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Her Story Session and can be emailed at herstorysessionspodcast at gmail.com. This is a short episode this week. This is Thanksgiving week here in the U.S. It's a wonderful time for many with large get-togethers with family, lots of food and drinks, and family traditions. It's a national holiday celebrated all across the country by many people of varying backgrounds and religions. This wasn't always the case, though. It only became nationally recognized when Abraham Lincoln was president as a way to unite the country after the Civil War had it torn apart. And Lincoln was persuaded to use this holiday for that cause by Sarah Josepha Hale, who had now advocated for it with four presidents. She was born as Sarah Josepha Bull in Newport, New Hampshire on October 24, 1788. Her father was a Revolutionary War veteran, and her mother homeschooled her and her older brother, Horatio. Her parents believed in equal education regardless of gender. She became a local school teacher when she got older. In 1811, her father opened a tavern called The Rising Sun, and that same year, Sarah met a lawyer named David Hale. The two would marry two years later at the Rising Sun and have five children together. David Hale unfortunately died in 1822, the same year their youngest was born. Sarah would wear black for the rest of her life as a perpetual sign of mourning. To support herself and her children, she took up writing beginning with poetry. They were printed in local journals, and the first collection of them was printed in The Genius of Oblivion, published in 1823. She then published her own novel, Northwood, Life, North and South, in 1827. She was one of the first to write about slavery and also one of the first novelists in the country. In it, she describes how not only does slavery absolutely dehumanize the slaves, but their masters too, and it slows the world's psychological, moral, and technological progress. She also supported moving freed slaves and sending them to Liberia, where they could have their freedom and peace, and looked down upon the country splitting in two. In the intro of the second edition, she claims, The great error of those who would sever the Union rather than see a slave within its borders is that they forget the master is their brother as well as the servant, and that the spirit which seeks to do good to all and evil to none is the only true Christian philanthropy. Because of this book, she received an offer to come to Boston as the editor of the new Ladies Magazine publication, which she accepted. She hoped it would help in educating women, and she wrote, quote, Not that they may usurp the situation or encroach on the prerogatives of man, but that each individual may lend her aid to the intellectual and moral character of those within her sphere. While she did advocate for women's education, opportunities for teaching positions for women, and their right to to own property, she did not join any formal feminist groups. She believed that women's participation in politics would limit their influence in the home and discouraged her readers from any unfeminine involvement in public affairs and encouraged them to focus their efforts in the domestic realm. She was criticized by some for her support of traditional gender roles. While working for the ladies' magazine, she released another collection of poems called Poems for Our Children in 1830. And this one contains her most famous one of all, the children's rhyme, Mary Had a Little Lamb. Then, in 1837, she went to be the editor for Godey's Ladies Book, which became the most influential and widely circulated women's magazine published in the country at that time. 
She kept her position there for 40 years, writing until she was almost 90. She used her platform to support causes like women's education and abolishing slavery, encourage works by American writers, and to raise money for various historic sites, including the preservation of George Washington's home and the construction of Bunker Hill Monument, two sites that are still open today. In 1846, she began advocating for Thanksgiving as a national holiday. At the time, it was celebrated just in the Northeast, mostly as a Christian-based day of prayer, and was largely unknown in the South. Each state had their own date for celebrating it, ranging from October to January. She wrote to Presidents Taylor, Fillmore, Pierce, and Buchanan, but finally caught the attention of Lincoln in 1863. The Civil War was dragging on and dragging down the morale of the country. Lincoln wanted something to unite the country, and Hale argued this was how. She even chose when for him, writing, The last Thursday of November has these advantages. Harvests of all kinds are gathered in. The summer travelers have returned to their homes. The diseases that, during the summer and early autumn, often afflict some portions of our country, have ceased, and all are prepared to enjoy a day of Thanksgiving. It now needs national recognition and authoritative fixation only to become permanently an American custom and institution. She got her wish, and Lincoln declared that Americans should observe the last Thursday of November, 1863, as a national day of thanksgiving and praise, a day to heal the wounds of the nation. In 1870, President Ulysses S. Grant signed it into law as a yearly appointed federal holiday. When FDR was president, he moved the date to a week earlier for the years of 1939, 1940, and 1941, although there was significant controversy about this. From 1942 on, an act of Congress set a permanent observation date, the fourth Thursday in November. Sarah's efforts earned her the nickname Mother of Thanksgiving. She continued to write, not just for the magazine, but publishing her own works too, publishing nearly 50 volumes in her life, including novels, poem collections, and cookbooks. It also included several editions of Women's Record, sketches of all distinguished women from the creation of A.D. 1854, which had over 2,500 entries, making an encyclopedic effort to put women at the center of a Christian view of world history. As a supporter of women's education, she also helped found Vassar's College in New York, which at its founding was a women's-only university, the second one in the United States at the time. Sarah Hale passed away in her home on April 30th, 1871, at 91 years old. That's all for today, and thank you for attending this Her Story session. 